Hey there, and welcome to Wear Dress Hairdressers podcast, brought to you by Harper Ellis Hair Co. and founded on the belief that stylists around the world can be passionate about the artistry of hair design and use their talents to build wealth. I'm your host, Tara Harville. You guys, I am so pumped for our guest today. You guys are going to be as well. I have Lacey Gadigard West here. Of course, you guys all know that she is the owner and CEO of Laced Hair Extensions, and she does so many incredible things. I love so much that she has Laced Hair Foundation, which I'm so excited to kind of dive deep in with her and figure out, you know, the ins and outs of that and how many people it's helping. But not only that, she's such a powerhouse in this industry and she stands for, to me, all things that are good and healthy and, um, you know, and love. And she radiates that through her Instagram. So I'm excited to chat with you today, Lacey. Go ahead and say hello to everyone. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. The name of this podcast, anyways, is so awesome. We could just have a whole episode talking about that. Right. So right. I love it. So excited to be here. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. We're honored to have you. First, you know, just give everybody a little intro about yourself and, and how you got in this industry. Yeah. So I always say I'm a hairstylist by trade and a CEO by accident, meaning I started doing hair literally, it's been 20 years now. Like this summer, it's been officially 20 years. So I've always loved doing hair. I would do my friend's hair, you know, starting out for prom, which is funny because those 90s updos are all back now. I'm like, hey, I remember <laughs> right. how to do those from 20 like, years ago. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I've always had really fine hair, like the world's worst hair. And I got my first set of extensions and they changed my life. Uh, they weren't the best set of extensions. They've come a long way in 20 years, but I really just started doing hair, loved it. Like I said, the first set of extensions I got, I was in hair school and they weren't great, but I loved how I felt with them. And so I kept really diving in. I took several extension courses. There's some really great extension courses out there, but there are a lot more opportunities now for hairstylists. So I just really don't know how to do keratin. I tip, uh, was working with a lot of wefts, clip-ins, like the halos. I was doing a lot of different extensions early on in my career. And for me, um, at the time I was working in going back and forth from working in California. And then my full-time job was the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas in the early 2000s. And a lot of people would see my hair extensions and then want them. So I was doing extensions and it was really hard. And Tara, you probably feel the same way. It's like really hard when you're a hairstylist and you're like ordering hair from all these different companies and you want to create your own colors. And I was just like, I would be so nice some hair for my own use. So I started looking into the manufacturing game, which I thought that would be really easy. Turns out it's not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have some really bad experiences. So yeah, I just, I found a great broker that I work with and we together have created some really awesome high end products that, like I said, it was just for my use uh, in the beginning. But then my friends that were hairstylists were like, well, can I order it? And then people wanted to know how to do extensions. So that's where my academy was born. And yeah, so about 12 years ago, I started Lace Hair Extensions and it's just kind of morphed into a really An awesome empire um, <laughs> that I feel very blessed and very grateful for. And really, I think a lot of hairstylists have like, I know, not think, I know a lot of hairstylists have kind of like, I've helped pioneer their imaginations to really spread their wings and do something more with like our awesome 
skills that we have, whether it's a product or an extension line or Mm -hmm. even like, you know, podcasts and coaching. There's so many things that I think we as hairstylists have been able to to create because of how awesome this industry is. So, Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what like why and how and what got my start. Yeah. I love that so much. You know, as I know that so many people are going to find this podcast so interesting because, you know, as we kind of spoke about before to everyone else's eye, I guess we would be considered competitors. But, you know, for so many, before we started recording, I actually told you, you know, Lace, I I knew about Lace when you guys were just starting from the ground up. You know, I was just beginning my own extension career and I ordered a set of clip-ins from you guys and they lasted for so long. The quality was insane. The customer service was great. And I, you know, thought since then, you guys have just been on the horizon and growing. And now you didn't say it all ago, but you have an empire. (laughs) And, you know, I know that you've changed so many lives of other stylists and helping them, you know, discover their their niche. And so I can't wait to chat with you more about this career of yours and the company that you've built and kind of talk about the challenges that we've seen, you know, in the industry as far as the extension business. I feel like since you've been doing this for 20 years, you know that it's used to not be a kind of a taboo thing. Extensions weren't an everyday life thing like they are now, but now extensions are, you know, so big and so large in this industry. And so what are some things that you would change within the extension niche, I guess, inside of our industry? Yeah. So it's interesting because I always say that it's like taboo is the perfect word. It's, it's, so many people didn't want anyone to know. They were very secretive, like you're hiding that you got plastic surgery and back in 2002, 2003, when I really got started with them. And it's amazing how far that we have come. I love that now it's like, hey, it's so normalized. It's if a woman wants to feel beautiful and confident, why not? Right? Like, right. and as far as changing it, it's like I've seen so much of a change and I'm so proud of where, where it's come. One, one thing that I would probably change is just, I think that, and you and I both teach certifications and it's like, Hey, I'm like, I just love that there is a certification option because I think, and you know, as well, it's (laughs) like, Hey, learn from somebody that knows what they're doing because you can really ruin someone's hair. And then it gives a bad rap. Right. So with lace, we're like, Hey, you're certified in Harperless, you're certified in, you know, whatever other extension method. Awesome. Like, that's great. You can still buy our hair. Like we don't necessarily say you have to be certified with us. And like within that realm, I also think, I think that certifications are so necessary. I honestly do. But I also think it's like, it's okay if you want to get like take multiple classes. Like I think I would change kind of the I think certifications are getting a bad rap almost now because some of the people heading up the certifications are not really representing what our industry should be. Mm -hmm. And it's very competitive. And it's like, of course, we all want everyone to come to our certification. But at the end of the day, it's like it is our industry. You know, if we're all succeeding, we're all it's going to help all of our businesses of extensions in general. So I think extensions are getting a bad rap for the people that are too scared to get certifications because of maybe the cost or 
-hmm. they don't feel included or they get excluded after they've already paid because they accidentally tagged another extension brand. You know, honestly, that's what I would probably change is that for one, I'm so proud of how far it's come and the fact that there are so many options for people now because 20 years ago there weren't. But just to kind of know that there are so there's so much room for everyone and just to like right. just kind of be be cool with each other. I, I like don't know another word to say right. other than it's it's totally fine if people want to go to five certifications. It's they're learning yes. with each one and each each person does things a little bit different. How I do right. certifications, I've definitely changed and we I think we've grown and gotten better. But I always say at the beginning of one of our classes, I'm like, hey, you may pick up two tips from here that you didn't know from your last certification. And I feel like I feel like I've won because I, I'm helping you. But know that like we're still gonna post your work if it's not like your beat is a little bit different than mine. Like, I don't care. Like we right, right. people's hair. So yes. that's something that I think I would change. And I love, uh, you know, then talking with you and other brands, it's like, it's like, dude, we can kind of help shift that around right. a little bit. I hope <laughs> I think right. Absolutely. Kind of, so, yeah, I love that. You said, that. I mean, really just took me to church on that because, you know, that is, to me, has been such a struggle for me. I once had a student in my class that she, you know, a lot of times our social media team will like tag people that are attending and stuff like that just for purposes of them resharing and stuff. And she was like, oh, could you please not tag me? Because the current extensions that I'm certified in, they will actually kick me out of their Facebook group and, and all this stuff if they know that I'm here. And that was such a moment for me. I you know, kind of took, took, took a step back and was just like, what in the world has this turned into? Because, you know, you're so right. One of the first things that I do and I stand up in front of my class and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not an educator to stand here and say, you know, this method is end all be all and there's nothing else, you know, better or good out there because that's not true to me. There are and I've been certified in so many methods. There's so many great methods out there. To me, it's like all these educators are out there teaching and they've learned from their own experiences. And so, hey, attend a thousand classes if you can and and take a little something from everybody. And that's honestly what makes you so powerful. I will say I feel like my success is due from me being able to humble myself and know that I don't know everything and I do have a lot to learn. And so that's what I loved about Laced and I loved about Harper Ellis is it's like, you know, hey, walk in our doors. We're going to love you. We don't care what your moves are. We don't care, you know, what you go outside of this class and do, but we're going to love you through it and hopefully help you get to where you want to go. Because I don't know about you, Lacey, but that fills my cup up when I can help someone succeed and be who they want to be. Yeah, exactly. And just like in this industry, I, I will say like I you know, I was a single mom. I went through some crazy health stuff. And because I offered hair extensions, my kids still had a really great life. And so did I. And it was because I made great money doing hair right. extensions. And so it's like, you know, to kind of like piggyback off the title of your podcast, it's like, we're just hairstylists. It's like, yeah, we're just hairstylists that are making as much as lawyers, you know? It's exactly. Like, exactly. Um, I want to see stylists be successful. And to kind of talk about, you know, what you said in you know, in the intro of saying people would say that we were competitors and our brands like by definition are. And I will say when I first started out because of like the scarcity, like not, I wasn't always scarcity mentality, but I was, I was a single mom and mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, all these other, I was one of the first extension companies 
from a hairstylist. So I was like, all these other companies are coming up. And it was more my insecurities, more than I was like mad at people. It was like, oh my gosh, what if something happens and I can't pay my bills or, you know, Mm -hmm. so like the competitiveness back then was more, I was like a little bit afraid of losing my, you know, my business. And I didn't know a ton about business at the time. And now it's like, you know, each year we grow, even with all of these other competitors, Mm -hmm. if you will, out there, and we're still growing. And, and it's like, I, I think it's awesome that there's so many people that's been successful, because now it's, as people talk about extensions, like I said, it's going to help my brand, it's going to help your brand, it's going to help every other brand out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, yeah, I just think that it's really awesome that extensions are just making women feel so confident to have this beautiful hair. And then it's also really gained because of this high end service that we offer. Hairstylists are so much more respected than they were 20 years ago. When I first started, people made fun of me for going to hair school. Yeah. So I just, I just love it. I love that people can be successful. And my goal is, like I said, to see hairstylists be successful and that their clients feel amazing. And we really stand behind our quality of our hair, because I think that's one of the harder things about starting your business that people probably don't realize, which we should talk about the people jumping into DMs. I think that might help the, all the factors that jump into everyone's DMs. I'm like, can we touch on that to to help people not waste their money? Absolutely. I would love for you to hit on that. Like, please. And and that's why I feel like that's what the people want to hear is, you know, like, how did we even go about, you know, doing what we do and how, you know, hard it is to to do what we do. But yeah, please tell me your input on that because I would love to hear it. I know everyone else would too. Well, I get a lot of emails and have, and I don't see every email now. I am not running my own customer service like I used to, but we get emails and it's like, Hey, I, you know, I'm inspired by your company. I'd love to start my own brand. Do you have any advice? And it's kind of one of those things. It's like, Gosh, like, unfortunately, we love you, but we definitely aren't going to give you who our manufacturer is. But, um, <laughs> right. but just like, be really careful, right? And so, right. the thing that's happening, and it, all of my stylists, and it happens to like everyone we know because we see funny like reels being posted about it. So, what happens is, some guy, we'll just call him Sam, because you know they make up a very American name mm-hmm. like Sam or William or you know. And they'll slide into your DMs and just say, hey, I can get you beautiful hair. Here's some really nice rooted. Here's hand tied. Here's, you know, whatever keratin, whatever specific method the people like are posting about. So they're saying that they can get that hair for them. And then so they're like, all right, what's the minimum order? They give them, you know, $500 to get a few samples and they get the samples. The samples feel great. They order their second batch of samples. Those samples feel great. Then they go and invest their life savings of at least like 25,000 or more. And then that hair comes in and it's not great. And so the problem, like, as, and, and as you know, this too, Tara, like it's very real. And I'm not saying this to like discourage people from starting extension companies because we're doing fine. And I really believe what I'm doing, but it is very real that, you know, in ordering something from China, it's someone told me this a long time ago. And it's really stuck in my head. It's not if you're going to get screwed over by someone over there. It's when. When. And um, <laughs> and so people, yeah, it's just when. Yeah. And so th- these people are ordering from these these factories, and they're sending hair that's just not great quality. 
And with Mm -hmm. that, it's kind of like, it's, it's really sad because then you're stuck with all this hair that doesn't even last for two shampoos. And Mm -hmm. I know it's happening to hundreds of hairstylists that are losing a ton of money. I will say with my factory that I work with, and you probably can attest to this as well, they are so busy and they're so busy with me in general that they don't have time to slide in to DMs to try and get like a thousand dollar order here and there from hairstylists. So it's like that exactly. should be a huge red flag, right? Now. You should like beg them to make your hair not the other way around. And that right. like should be the only red flag people need. There's no I, way if someone found out who my manufacturer was and DM'd him that he would be like, I'm at max capacity with my customer that I've had for 12 years. Like they right. wouldn't let them slide in. And it's funny because, and it's probably happened to you too. These people are mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this manufacturer reached out and he said that he makes your hair. <laughs> yes. I'm like, no, we, no, they don't. My competitor <laughs> like would never dare say me or whoever else he makes hair for. That just doesn't yes. You don't know who else yes. they make hair for. Of course, mine says he doesn't make care for anyone, but you know, like we'll see. Carol, that would be some advice too. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I've wanted to like go live on Instagram to talk about this because if it comes from you and I, people will be like, oh, they just don't want anyone to start an extension company. And it's like, right. we, we actually like, of course we'd love you to buy our hair, but it right. like is way harder than you think. And as right. you know, as the urbanization of China, India, Italy, Russia, wherever you're getting your hair, mm-hmm. it's like, as that urbanization is happening, there's not as as much raw hair. So right. it is harder to get the virgin hair, the raw hair to create these products. And a lot of times that's another thing. If you're getting it for a really good deal, there's a reason. The more right. hair you buy, the more cost doesn't go down. It's like, it is so expensive if you're getting the good <laughs> stuff, right? Not buy hair from them. Not because we're afraid. We just know you're going to lose your money. Right. So that's exactly. my difference on that. I love, I love that you said that so much because, you know, not only is all of that so very true, but also like, you know, we've, and I know you as well, you know, we've done that groundwork, you know, we've actually been to inside of our factories and to our manufacturer and, you know, to not only that, to, to make sure that all of our sourcing is very ethical and, you know, you out there and you're getting all these WhatsApp messages and stuff like that, you know, you don't know where they're getting this stuff from. And I don't know about you, but that freaks me out. I'm like, you know, of course, I'm a human lover. I want all good things for all people. And, you know, I, with all of those things going on, you just don't know the backstory. And I've heard some really, really bad backstories. And so, you know, I love that you mentioned that because it's not as easy. If, if it was easy, everyone would do it. You know, I, I know that one um, company went so as far as one of our customers, he actually made like a fake coloring of ours with our logo on it. What was so funny is like the logo wasn't quite right. Like a couple, like the E was off and the R was off. And so I was like, that's not our logo. Like look closer. And cause she was like, these people say that they make Harperella's hair. I'm like, my manufacturer would not be in your dms because i they can't keep up with me you know i'm out of stock as you can see right like as you can see you can't get a stock here so much less they're gonna get your thousand dollar order and move on you know so love that you said that because people need to bring awareness to that so much because there's so much back work to that that you know people just don't realize it's much more than a whatsapp message for sure The one thing that I wanted to ask you about that you said earlier that I feel like people would love to hear is you mentioned earlier, you're like, you know, of course, I, uh, you know, 
when I started this, I was a single mama and, you know, I had fears that everything could be taken away from me. I actually had a, con- a, a conversation about this yesterday with my contractor. We were talking about being an entrepreneur and how, you know, the fears of, of those in the back of your head of like how, you know, just the rug can slip out from under you. And then all of a sudden you can't pay your bills and you can't survive. And, you know, you have all these employees that count on you also. Can you speak a little more on that? Like what has, you know, helped your heart there as far as, you know, getting past those fears and just waking up every day and being brave as I call it, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're killing it, you're building an empire. Like how, what have you done to help, help those fears? Um, you know what? It's so funny because I still feel like, and even though we have grown, I still am like, what am I doing every day? Right. Um, <laughs> but I honestly, just to kind of as, as maybe like cliche or I don't know the right word. It's like, I just have never given up. I've had a lot of things thrown my way, a divorce and, you know, like a brain tumor scare and being a single mom and a lot of moves and all of these things. And I just, I just didn't give up. I just kept working. It's like, Mm -hmm. and I think that mentality of, and a lot of women and men and entrepreneurs have this mentality, but it's like with being a single mom, I didn't really have a choice. I was responsible for their care and financially everything. And so it's like, I I think that kind of lit another fire under me. And I just, I loved what I was doing. And, and that was another thing that helped us. I was really passionate about it. I've always been, like I said, for the last 20 years, I've been so obsessed with extensions. And yeah, I just kept going. And then as I grew, something that becomes really scary as you start to hire people to help you do things is that I started hiring people to, to help me do the things that I couldn't. It was like, you know, in the beginning, it's like, hey, I, can't, I don't have time to respond to customer service emails anymore and then go ship all the hair. I would rather still be behind the chair or go out and teach or something. Right. So like mm-hmm. then you start hiring people to do other things for you. And that is also another bit of advice is don't be afraid of hiring people to help you do the things that you don't have time to do. You may be great at them, but it's like do what you can do and then you need to hire people to help you. Right. You can't grow without a team. And right. so that was something that was hard for me. So just like the not giving up and then making sure to hire people as you grow, even though it's scary to get rid of some of your bottom line, it's mm-hmm. so necessary to have people help you. You won't be able to scale if you don't. Right. You can't do it all. You can't you can't build an empire, be a good mom, be a good wife. I mean, I've just learned I've probably learned that honestly in the past three hundred and sixty five days, but like you just simply can't do it all. I know that you probably feel the same way, but you wouldn't be where you are and I wouldn't be where I am without a team. I mean, they have taken so much off my plate to be able to focus on the things that matter. Like you said, being behind the chair and spending time with stylists through teaching and stuff like that. Within your company though, I want to know like, how do you keep, you know, employees so loyal and, you know, they, they love your empire and they see the vision. What are some like steps that you take to make sure that you take care of those people? And, you know, because you obviously want them to take care of you. So what are some things that you do there? We've been fortunate enough to really grow. I've learned a lot. I hope I'm a much better boss than, you know, I was five years ago as we were trying to scale and figure out everything. But we, I don't want to say we run a tight ship, but we try to run uh, a real company. And I've been, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be the size that we are that I can offer 
benefits and 401k options for my employees. And that stuff's really important for me because, you know, as a hairstylist, like we didn't really get benefits. I got them when I worked at the Bellagio because I was at a corporate job, but it's very rare that we have benefits. So I try to offer those kinds of things for, for my employees, non, you know, that, that work for me and someone that's running my social isn't a hairstylist. They are on our team now. And then, yeah, we just, we try to have, again, like I said, I'm a hairstylist. And so I didn't really like learn how to sit in a corporate office and all of that stuff. Try to keep things lighthearted and fun too. We love the people that work for us. We have a great team and my husband now, he left his corporate job. He worked for a tech company in Seattle and is our COO now. And that really has helped me form even more of a business. So it kind of goes back to making sure that you have the leadership there that knows what they're doing and can help. Because yeah. people do, you know, giving them free food and free drinks and whatever isn't enough. It's like they want right. structure. They want, you know, leadership that they can look up to and check-ins and we have core values and we say, Hey, we want you to work hard and be loyal to us. But at the same time, we want you to live your life. I have a lot of women that work for me. I have single moms. I have moms that aren't single, but like, it's like, Hey, just cause I know you are nine to five here. Like, please don't miss your son's soccer game. Just let me know. And we'll like work it out. Right. right? So we try to be as flexible as we can. Um, and luckily we're still small enough that we can still be pretty lenient with people's flexibility and just like encourage them to live like, mm-hmm. like hey, lay should be second after like your life. Right. Absolutely. So just those yeah. kind of things. So I think that, yeah, just trying to take care of them and yeah. we do our best try and have fun parties once in a while. <laughs> we think we're a good time. So <laughs> yeah, I, I always say I'm, we're, we're the funniest. That's how I say there's no one in, no office out there that's funnier than we are. But my team reminds me quickly. They're like, you're actually not that funny. We just laugh at your jokes because you pay us to do that. I'm like, you're oh, famous. gotcha. Okay. And they're like, I thought it was funny this whole time. Yeah, exactly. But I love the way you answered that because, you know, it's just I've learned over time that it's like love people the way that you want to be loved. And to me, that has that has like made our company grow like leaps and bounds, you know, and I think always putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And like you said, like, don't miss your son's soccer game. You know, let me know. We'll work something out. I love that because not a lot of people out there, you know, believe in that. And, you know, that's what life life's all about. And to me, life is so sure. And I, you know, I now have a year and a half year old son and gosh, I don't want to miss a second. It makes me sick to even sometimes come to work some days because I don't want to miss a second of his life. And so I love that you are, you know, that way to your employees because that's so important. What about the Lace Hair Foundation? I want to know more about that. To me, that is such an incredible thing. And I want to know like your why behind that and how that got started. Well, so I, I, I know you said you followed me for a while. I kind of shared a little bit about my hair journey or my health journey, I should say. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because going back to like the single mom mentality, I was scared to post too many things about it. So quick mm-hmm. overview of what happened in 2015, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was in an inoperable spot. And even if they did surgery, it wouldn't remove it. So I was put on this like waiting game. They started doing treatments, treating me as if it was a cancerous brain tumor, just in case. So I was living in and out of hospitals, getting a ton of treatments in there. I lost 
70% of my hair. This is already like the saddest, finest hair. And so in losing all my hair, as I was sitting there getting these treatments here in Utah, we have a place called the Huntsman Cancer Institute. And it's where, you know, you get hooked up to get infusions for multiple diseases, whether it's cancer or autoimmune diseases that people have to get infusions for. So as I was there, I started talking with these women and they would compliment my hair because I would, you know, it was, it was in the summer or the winter. So I had a beanie on and I would have my hair extensions through the bottom of it. And at the time I was just wearing clip-ins. So I would just wear them at, and during the day and then take them out at night because when you're going through hair loss, you should never have a permanent kind of extension in at all. So then at night I would take them out and everyone would just comment, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. How does your hair still look like that when we know you're in here all the time? Like what's going on? And so I'd say, oh, well, they're hair extensions. And all these women, some of them completely bald, some of them with very fine hair, they were like, oh my gosh, I, I want to get hair extensions, but there's no way I can afford them right now because of their uh-huh. medical expenses. And that was when it just like this little light went off inside of me. I was like, oh, I'm absolutely going to do something to help these women. So I'm like, hey, when you do have some of your hair grow back enough that we can attach extensions to, call me. I'm serious. Like, I want to take care of you. So um, that was kind of the spark that uh, was lit under me to do something to help women that can't afford extensions because we know they're really freaking expensive. Yeah. And so with that, just to kind of give you an update on my health, the brain tumor diagnosis was not cancerous. It actually, they discovered that I have multiple sclerosis and that's what is a brain lesion. You know, a tumor is anything foreign, but technically mine is like a a lesion on the brain, which is one of the symptoms of MS. So anyways, Mm -hmm. that is, you know, an update. I did not have cancer. That's kind of a health update. I've been living with multiple sclerosis, but to kind of fast forward, you know, COVID happened, all these things happened. And I did start my foundation, but it was, it wasn't that I wasn't talking about it. It was that I just didn't have time to manage everything with it. So if people would reach out and share their story with me, I would get them some hair extensions, but we've officially turned it into a 5013C nonprofit where people can nominate themselves or their friend or their mom, whoever it may be to receive hair extensions at no charge. Where we need help from hairstylists is that I can only do so much. If someone reach out, reaches out to me and they live, you know, they live in New York City, it's like, hey, here's some here's some tape and extensions, but you know, like you have to find someone to put them in. Unfortunately, we can't do all of them. Right. So that's where I love getting the word out there. We had our very first gala uh, where we are now going to be offering wigs and toppers. I don't have those like for sale with lace right now. Who knows what we'll do, but mm-hmm. I do want to offer custom wigs and then, you know, like the clip in toppers for yeah. people that need them if, if they have alopecia or whatever it may be. So anyways, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about the foundation. I could talk on that forever, but it's been really incredible. So cool. We, we do a little bit of research to make sure that these stories are legit. Obviously most of them are. So we just require like, Hey, tell us your story. And then, like I said, we do a little bit of research and we've sent hair to hundreds and hundreds of women. And the stories that we have are really incredible and really special. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. I wish I had more time right. to spend on, on that. Cause it's like the best part about, about laced, I think is the give back that we do. I have the most fun with that part. So it's Absolutely. been really special and really incredible. And I just know how these women feel, you know, yeah. with my own hair loss journey. 
it was it's depressing to see clumps of hair falling out because of whatever it may be. You know, as you know, women lose hair because of depression, because of medical reasons, or even just because of genetics. And it's it's really hard to go through. Like yeah. we obviously started extension companies. We obviously love hair. And so to lose it is was yeah. was really hard for me. So I'm just, I love that I can help women that can't afford it feel beautiful and confident again. They're already beautiful, but to help them regain their confidence is like really right. special. Absolutely. I love, I have chills from my head to my toes right now, but I think that is so amazing. And any way possible that Harper's could be a part of the, the Lace Foundation, we absolutely want to do that. So that is just such a cool thing. And I love that that's so near and dear to your heart because that you're changing the world. You are a powerhouse. Holy moly. I mean, I knew that you were already, but you do it all. I mean, and there's, you know, women like you give other women the, you know, inspiration to, you know, there is no excuses out there. There really isn't. And, you know, you can, you can do it all. You can have it all. It's just kind of all about how you handle it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. One more thing that I want to chat about is marketing because I feel like, you know, Laced and, you know, you in general, just so great at marketing. And I know that this is such a, an industry struggle with, and I don't know about you, but it's, even though I feel like sometimes we're good at it, but we, I wake up every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're not doing it right. What are some things that you've found that works so well for Lace and and maybe something that doesn't work so well? Oh man, I think marketing is so broad, right? There's so many (laughs) uh, little buckets that come within it and we wake up every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, we should have done that. Look how good this looks. Or the comparison game is is very real. And I would say just to kind of like find something that you love. And I'll just like put Instagram, for example, because that's probably one of our oldest marketing engines for me. I didn't do any marketing other than Instagram posts when I first started my brand. Um, We do a lot more now, Mm -hmm. but just to kind of stick within like whatever your niche is, maybe someone is just trying to promote that they only want to do blondes now, or they only want to do brawn, like who knows what it is. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things to stick with what you're good at and post about that. Know your target audience and Mm -hmm. stick within that. And then also there may be as an Instagram algorithm changes all the time. It's like, don't beat yourself up to be like, Oh my gosh, that was the best photo. I can't believe it got four likes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm like, why did anyone like that? We worked so hard on that photo shoot. Can't someone at least comment, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just to kind of like, just stay true to how you are and know that like, there are so many things that are changing and I used to really obsess about the perfect and we still like to have a really pretty feed my team does a really great job of that but it's like hey it's fine if we have two reels in a row like it doesn't have like the perfect aesthetic only I think people are really loving the aesthetic will always be a really pretty feed but I think people are really loving to just kind of see like to show up as you a little bit more and not just right. the curated perfect photo shoot, which is so hard for me. Cause that's my favorite thing. Like we go all out for our photo shoots and get really beautiful images and we spend all this time and money and get these really, you know, these models with gorgeous hair that we put, spend hours putting the hair in. And I still love that part of it, but it's good to like, remember, Hey, a lot of times clients want to see like, the, vir- the viral video is the one that like shows someone how to like put a thread through the needle. And I'm like, wait, right. 
What about the beautiful photo shoot? <laughs> what about the photo that shoot that cost me 30 grand? <laughs> so it's like one of those things. It's like you just never, you just never know, right? And so just right. kind of do you and try your best. And like, I don't know, marketing is the hardest thing. You just mm. know that it's going to be the biggest expense and you just have to pay for it. It is what exactly. it is. It is what it is. And I love that you said, you know, show up as you. I feel like, you know, anymore, people don't buy from businesses anymore. They buy from people. And, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, if you're like me, I hate being on social media. I know it's something that's necessary for my position, but I, I would, I would totally live under, under the grid, all, like always, if I didn't do what I do. So, you know, I, as much as we all hate it, I think showing up as you, like you said, and showing people who you are, because, you know, I'm the same way I, I attract to, to people. I want to love people and I want people to love me. And so, you know, showing your face, I think that is, is such a great, such a great tip right there. Yeah. I'm like you too. I, I have a personal Instagram as well. And I'm always like, you know, my girls will be like, Oh, you haven't posted for like two weeks on that one. I'm like, oh, do people care? Or do I still have to do that? Yeah, do people care? Yeah. Like, the other accounts, uh, I'm yeah. tired. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the same way. And just to, but I mean, and that's okay too. I think it, it is, it is what it, it's just what you want to do. I know people that own companies that they just run their business Instagram now or their team does and they don't do anything with their personal. For me, I like to keep my personal. I do think it helps get the awareness out there about my foundation to, mm -hmm. to talk about mine. And then, like I said, I don't have a ton of, I don't even know how many followers I don't have like that many followers on my personal Instagram, but people usually are really good to comment on my personal more than oh, the yeah. business. So it just shows that that's what people yeah. like to see. Right. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm like, Okay, fine. I'll, okay, fine. I'll Here I am. Something or a, a picture. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I feel you there. I know, and I'm always like, my everyday life is not glamorous. You guys, I was moving around like boxes in the warehouse this morning. I'm sweaty. I'm dirty. I'm like, this is not glamorous, but people like to see that, I guess. <laughs> no, so. that's that would have that reel would have gone viral. Right. So, exactly. I should have made one. Just text oh. me next time and be like, hey, are you in your warehouse? <laughs> FaceTime and make fun of our ugly boxes everywhere. Oh, that'd be, that's the perfect idea. Let's absolutely do that. <laughs> so one last question that I always ask everyone on here is, you know, we're just hairdressers. The podcast was born from a man insulting me, I guess you could say in Vegas one time I had a couple of designer pieces on and he was like, what does your husband do? And you know, of course, my business partner, Rachel, she was next to me and she was like, excuse me. And I'm like, it's fine. We don't have to explain ourselves. It's no big deal. But, you know, that's when the the podcast was born because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like people really just think that we're just hairdressers. And so do you have an example that that has kind of happened to you and that that's really stuck in your mind and how you've kind of overcome that that stigma of like, obviously, we are not just hairdressers? And I could talk about this one forever, but like the first one that kind of pops in my mind was when I, when I told people that I was going, so initially I wanted to go to law school. My dad passed away when I was really young and he was an attorney and it was just kind of like my like way of feeling like I could maybe connect like mm -hmm. with his legacy or whatever you would want to call it. And my mom used to, you know, I kind of used to, maybe I like to argue, I don't know. I think I'm an angel. <laughs> But it was like, I just always thought like, okay, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I got pretty good grades in high school and was ready to go to college. And I actually decided to go to hair school. And it was kind of like, you know, a lot of 
my mom is a true angel. She was so supportive of whatever I chose, no matter what. But a few people are like, oh, that, that'll be cute. You can like go to hair school and have like a decent job while you're going to law school, which I'm not knocking them for that. But then there were a few people that were like, why would you? And I'm from a really small town in Southern Utah. And a lot of people were like, it's almost like the cop out, especially 20 years ago, it was like the cop out excuse because you can't get in to a college or you're, you're lazy and you don't want to work. So you're just going to do hair until, you know, until you have kids and your husband can support you. And that's kind of like the mentality of what a lot of people thought. Yeah. And a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people were just like, what you wanted to go to law school. Why would you like have a career that is of just be, of just being a hairstylist. Right. And I was just like, and it's funny because I was watching some dateline (laughs) or something, you know, in, the early, early 2000s, right when I was in hair school, and they were interviewing all these LA hairstylists that were extremely successful. And they were talking about how, hey, we charge Jennifer Aniston $1,000 for her haircut. And it got my wheels turning right then, uh-huh. um, you know, being a 17 year old. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be like that. I'm not going to like go. And I'm not knocking people that choose to work in non high end salons because that sounds rude. But I was, I knew I was going to be someone that is going to charge a lot for the services that I do. So, you know, fast Mm -hmm. forward to like everything I do now. And it's like, you know, even now that I'm a business owner, people are like, oh, well, you're a business owner now. That's how you make so much money. I'm like, dude, I made way more money than cash when I wasn't here. Yeah. Actually, that's why I'm broke. Thank you. (laughs) But like, so yeah, it's just to kind of like, it's been this evolution and I've watched it happen because like I said, I've been doing this a really long time being a hairstylist for 20 years and seeing that and Instagram has really helped people too be to be able to show their work. And I think that it's such a great platform. I, we, and you like, I don't know how long you've been doing hair, but like I used to have to take a picture, like go get it printed off and put it in this little portfolio uh, to show the updos to get for people to get inspo. And then before and afters were in that little book too of my extensions. Mm -hmm. So to have that as a platform on, on this free channel that can make everything look so beautiful. I just, I'm like really proud of the industry and my, I also own a salon in Salt Lake City, and I tell the girls all the time, I'm like, you guys have no idea that right. now you have this free advertising and this free book that you don't have to go get your pictures printed out. So that was kind of a really long-winded answer to, to say mm-hmm. that I've had those experiences for 20 years, but also I think that it's totally shifted and yeah. just how proud I am of the industry and just great people and, you know, like you doing awesome things to create awareness with with this podcast and with everything you're doing with your education and your awesome brand and just like, you know, it's just awesome to see her stuff be so successful. So yeah. I'm just like super proud to be in this industry and Absolutely. love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And you're just such an inspiration. I'm more than excited for people to hear this podcast and hear you talk because you're to me, you're on top of the world and you're a wealth of knowledge. And so um, honestly, if you'll have me, I would love to be in one of your classes just to, you know, soak in all the knowledge from you because you clearly have it. So again, I am honored to have you on here today. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media, all the accounts, all the things that they can follow. Oh my gosh. Well, remember how I told you I have so many accounts, so <laughs> right? 
My personal account, if you want to see four posts a month, I'm just kidding. My personal account is Lacey Gattegaard. Super weird last name, I know. Our main business page is Laced Hair Extensions. Our foundation page, which we're really trying to grow that one, that's just Laced Hair Foundation. And then we do have also an academy page that's Laced Academy. So we're kind of have a lot of accounts sprinkled everywhere, but... I love that's what it takes though sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much, Lacey, for being on here today. And again, I'm honored to have you and so excited for everyone to hear from you. So thank you, Lacey. I'm Tara Harville. And thank you guys again for listening. 